It depends on where you want to start, really. Uh, so when we first met, Nikki was basically like, uh, so what are you into, James? And I said, oh, Bitcoin, and I'm going to go to El Salvador one day. <laughs> and uh, here we are. <laughs> mm. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another Bitcoin Basics podcast with your host, Gordon. That's me. And I have Faris, my partner in crime, with me as well, as usual. Hardly have. Before we get started, let's have a look at the Bitcoin.Club Moody dashboard. Today is Faris, June the 20th. It's not June the 21st. I just want to state that for everyone. Today is June the 20th. <laughs> Oh, hang on, hang on. So we we did the interview on June twentieth, but we Look, forgot to do the introduction, which we're doing now. But don't if you're tell do, everyone. No, no, no. If you're going to do that, then you got to go to yesterday's block height, yesterday's Bitcoin price. Are you? That, that's what to I was going to do. I was going to do that because hey, if you we actually prep this, or you're going to make it up? No, I'm just going to make it up. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. No, so anyone because fact checking us. <laughs> we don't want our listeners to know how unprofessional and the fact that we missed uh, doing a recording. So how about I just do today's price and stop mucking around? Today is June June the 21st. The current price of Bitcoin is 20420 The current block height is 741639 And Satoshi's per dollar, 4890 so yesterday, Faris, we recorded an interview with uh, Nikki and James, but you tell us about it. What were your impressions? Yeah, this was really cool, actually. So um, it was strange because someone where I live in New Zealand mentioned they know of this couple that sold up everything in New Zealand and moved to El Salvador um, because it was a Bitcoin-friendly place. I'm like, What? So um, we, I ended up touching base with them and watching a couple of their YouTube videos. And uh, yeah, it was a very fun conversation. A couple of um, moments where me and Gordon were just flabbergasted because they're describing what it's like living under a Bitcoin standard. I love these kind of interviews, people who are actually out there, boots on the ground, in the field, whatever you want to call it, actually using Bitcoin instead of you know, people like us in Western countries, yeah, we use Bitcoin, but not on a daily basis. So uh, they're using Bitcoin as a method of payment. We're using Bitcoin prim- primarily as a store of values. So love these kind of use cases, fascinating people, fascinating interview. And without further ado, let's play it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. James, Nikki, thank you very much for joining us here, guys. Um, I got to say, it's a bit strange for me hearing the Kiwi accent being in New Zealand myself. I had to go to the other side of the world to find some fellow Bitcoiners. So tell us a little bit about your story. How did you end up from Auckland in El Salvador? Uh, yes, well, we actually started in Nelson. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No yeah. way. What year were you guys here? Oh, well, no, we, 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 oh, we lived in Nelson. Soon. We I thought you were in Auckland. No. no. Oh, crap. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. 
So we left Nelson on the 5th of February. Oh, well, well, maybe we'd... a bit earlier than that, but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It depends on where you want to start, really. Uh, so when we first met, Nikki was basically like, uh, so what are you into, James? And I said, oh, Bitcoin, and I'm going to go to El Salvador one day. <laughs> and uh, here we are. <laughs> mm. So so uh, what, what year was this, sorry? <laughs> Uh, we, oh, 20, uh, 2021, yeah, beginning 2021. in 2021. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes. Mm. And, uh, so I've been in Bitcoin since 2012. Uh, when I heard about El Salvador and what it was doing, I was very excited and interested. And when Boo Kelly basically said, yep, this is, this is a thing. This is, this is happening. And he enacted the law and it all happened. And he's the first guy in the world to actually stand up and, and do it and mm. commit to it. And I think he actually understands uh, it's not price, which it seems to be a big focus at the moment. And Boo Kelly actually messaged this mm. this morning or, or last night that it's more than price. Uh, and I think the analogy I used with Nikki was don't judge a book by its cover. And mm. I think if you look at the price of Bitcoin only, you're judging the book by its cover. And once you understand what it stands for um you you look at it differently so the price today doesn't bother me uh hopefully nikki's all right but uh yeah there's more to it yeah. well, i was just going to mention that um uh, faris and i've both had calls and emails that, oh my god are you, are you okay uh, should i sell and it's like i've stopped looking at bitcoin chance i just read my email that's my ultimate indicator like how many people are telling me to sell or are you suicidal i'm like okay i'm gonna buy bitcoin now so um now it's actually a good sorry it's actually a good test for people who listen to our show are not contacting us because our show has been exactly what you described just buy you know dca in the bitcoin bitcoin only and don't look at the price for five years so if people are asking us are you okay we know yeah you're not listening to our show you don't know where we're coming from yeah we've got a smart audience um so i've got a million questions about bitcoin el salvador lightning network all that kind of stuff but before we start what was um, i'm sorry if these are boring questions but i think people are interested in how people got to bitcoin so what's your sort of origin story or feel free to feel free to introduce yourselves however you guys want to do that (laughs) Uh, origin story for me i've always been interested in money and how money worked so before bitcoin uh i was reading a lot of self-help books interested in you know this is the classic thing where it's think and grow rich and so you, you then it's like well actually how does money work on a mechanical level and you start investigating and i became a gold and a silver bug and i bought a small stash of gold and silver and understood uh all sorts of things uh, around that and then when bitcoin came along in 2012 in my life, I think, uh, basically my brother sent me an article and I was sort of like, oh yeah, it looks cool. And I couldn't figure out a way to easily get it. I downloaded the client and then I basically walked away from it. Then later that year, I ended up buying some on the Mt. Gox exchange. Uh, So in terms of what got me into it, I've always been interested in money and how it works in society. And then, uh, on a philosophical and moral level, I like the way gold and silver and Bitcoin work. That would probably be my best explanation. Cool. Nikki, do you want to chime in? And then, yeah, and then for me, um, okay, so I come back from, uh, I've got a background in finance and mortgages. And so for the last 13 years, I've been working in the mortgage game and it's been really interesting for me 
in seeing how the mortgages are changing and what the requirement is from um, you know the triple CFA laws and regulations in regards to you know what we're requiring from clients and and the New Zealanders and things started not stacking up for me uh, meeting James and talking um, to him because I was coming in you know getting clients going oh you know I'm making money on Bitcoin and I've got you know that here's my income returns and I'm making money you know this is what I'm getting and we're going well I can't lend on this <laughs> you know it's just not it's not possible um so it was really good to be able to sit down and actually go well what's it all this about and what's going on and so yeah so it's just been a um for me it's 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 I'm very much new and very learning um the biggest thing I've found but with coming to El Salvador is the ability to it's actually the bitcoin platform the ability to transfer money from New Zealand to El Salvador and not getting caught up in in the fees that you're getting if you're doing the transfer wise or you know all those other systems to you know to get your money across and it's been really good in um with the people here and talking to them and seeing the benefits that are actually happening here which has been absolutely great so yeah I'd, we will get into that. I just have a question myself, Nikki. So when you said the things weren't stacking up in the mortgage industry, are you referring to just being able to use Bitcoin as collateral or is there something else going on in there? No, um, it's become, with the mortgage game now, it's become, the, the amount of information we're needing to get from our clients just it just doesn't feel right we're needing to get so much you know what are you spending on um you know alcohol what are you spending on food what are you spending on your personal things and it's like if you've got enough income to service a debt then it shouldn't that those sorts of things are all variable stuff and you can change your variable spending and um when all of a sudden that takes into account whether we can lend money it, it it's just to me, not right. Um, you know, because people can change those habits. Because if you, yeah, to get into a debt, I mean, there's a certain mm-hmm. amount. Yes, you have to, prov- um, you have to provide proof that you can afford a mortgage. Absolutely, but but the, all those other extra variable things shouldn't take into account, which okay. have been doing. And you know, just little things are starting to creep in that it's, um, yeah, that's just not sitting right with me. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so I've been watching um, some of your YouTube channels, and we'll put up a um, a link for everyone to join in, guys, because um, that's it's really interesting to watch. Like, um, yeah, me and Gordon have spoken often. We, if it weren't for the COVID restrictions, we'd actually be out in El Salvador. But twenty twenty one, how did you guys manage to leave the country and get over there? Was there just a window where that was open? <laughs> you just snuck through. Yeah, this this is the piece yeah. that we we hesitate to talk to people about mm-hmm. this because we know it can um, rub a lot of people the wrong way. So. Our, our choice mm. is we chose not to get vaccinated. And basically what was happening in New Zealand was people were being forced. Uh, there was, but they were being coerced. They were being coerced yes. into doing something, mm. um, whether they wanted to or not in some cases. And we started to ask the question uh, when Air New Zealand came out and said that to travel internationally, you will have to have a COVID vaccination pass. That was a point where it was like, hang on, uh, that's basically mm. trapping people in the country and that doesn't sit well with us. Mm. So that was the point where we woke up on the 26th of December and said, what are we going to do? Yeah. Let's go to El Salvador. And we literally put a fo- post on 
Facebook that morning and asked if there, anybody knew someone from El Salvador in, in Nelson. And we got a response that morning. We messaged the lady and she said, come around for a cup of tea this afternoon. We went around and we met her. We had a chat. Uh, the, the key thing that basically came out was our question was, is it safe to go to El Salvador? She is from El Salvador, uh, left during the civil war. Her husband's from Iran and they come from two of probably the most sort of unstable countries in the world. And they were like, yeah, don't take this the wrong way, but New Zealanders are soft. <laughs> so we we then took that as a sign yep. that if they're coming here and they're, they're from two of the most dangerous countries mm-hmm. in the world and they're like, yeah, no, look, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then and then from there we were very much going, okay, well, how can we get there? Um, mm. My sister is a travel agent. So we sort of went on, had a quick look of, of what possible places, you know, where can we go? And then contact my sister and, and pretty much most of the air or a lot of the airlines were working on the, on the stance of where they were flying to, if there were what the mandates were on where they were flying to were whether they were going to make it compulsory to be vaccinated on that flight. So we ended up traveling for four days and we're on in the air for 40 hours to 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 fly to El Salvador. Normally we could jump on a plane, go to LAX down to um Central America. Yeah. But yeah, we had to take the long way around mm. the world. So we went through United Arab Emirates up to uh Dubai. Yeah, yeah Dubai over to Madrid, was it Madrid, yeah. and then yeah. into Central America and then yeah, yeah, down here. Yeah. So it was it was a long way around and mm. quite an adventure. Mm. What was your family friends' response? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people were excited. Um, a lot of people were worried. Yeah. There, there was a lot of genuine fear yeah. and worry and concern that we were going to the most dangerous country in the mm. world. And uh, that also going to a third world country, never been to Central America before, yeah. you know, you've basically gone and sold everything other than a house. Mm. And you're taking four suitcases, which is your entire life now, to the third world country, which is understandably, it looks scary and crazy, uh, but at the same time. Yeah, and I think there was one other fear was, you know, you may not be able to get back. Mm. Yeah. You know, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future yeah. with mandates and, and yeah. you know, with the world. So, you know, that is another fear that they're going, oh, you, what's if you can't come home again? Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll try. I mean, I mean um, we only ever talk about Bitcoin on the show. In one episode, yeah. I did talk about life in New Zealand with the mandates because um, I remember before the election where the prime minister said no one will ever be coerced to take the vaccine. Hmm. And then I remember in September, what was the 90%, if you want to enjoy your summer, you need to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, and that caused myself and my family no one the stress. And I met with two GPs, both one said, um, you're, you are, you know, me personally, I'm at increased risk of getting myocarditis. Um, so it's up to you if you want to get COVID or myocarditis. And another um, GP said, no, don't take it. But yeah, we were, you know, pariahs of society um, here in New Zealand. And it just, the, the change, the drastic change like that. And it's it's not just that's the fact that you couldn't talk about it. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just chose natural immunity. and. The Which, fact that I chose that does not make me a threat to someone else. And that's what it is like, oh, the unvaccinated are going to run over to hospitals. Like, that hasn't happened. Yeah. Mm. We're very similar. And I guess taking that back to Bitcoin is that's how I feel about Bitcoin as well, mm. is that it's my I'm choice. Yeah. Use uh, the system. And I'm not yeah. 
hurting anybody by using it. Uh, yeah. And I shouldn't have a choice to use it if I want to. So, sorry, Gordon, um, you go, I'll, I'll take a break. No, you go. I mean, we can talk about that. I, no. I, I mean, we're all on the same page with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I actually left Southeast Asia to come back home and that was a complete nightmare. So we're all on the mm-hmm. same page of traveling mm-hmm. and waiting at airports. And yeah, yeah. It, it would be a lot more convenient if you just um, basically were coerced into doing something you didn't want to do. It was a lot more convenient to do that. But hey, uh, we don't want to do it. So uh, it's not yeah. whether you're anti-vaxxer or not. And and it doesn't really matter. I've, I've, I've been blown in the face trying to explain to people. It's got absolutely nothing to do with that. It's about yeah. being coerced into doing something. But um, as I look out my window and it's like 10, 10 or 12 degrees, I hope it's warmer where you guys were. Was El Salvador like the number one choice or did you guys sort of think, you know, go to Central America or what, what was the reasoning behind it? Initially, it was buying a yacht. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's just gonna try and... we considered buying a yacht. But they don't well, get yet. Yeah. It was for sure. Oh, we've talked about it. We've talked about the Bitcoin <laughs> Basics yacht, international waters. <laughs> no one can well, get to us. <laughs> so solar yacht with your own miners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but no, it was El Salvador. Yeah, yeah, and one of the reasons was it was one of the first countries in the world to actually drop all the COVID restrictions, which made it easy. It made it an easy decision. Uh, so what that signaled to me, and this was, uh, in my personal opinion, is the smart move by Bukele, which was if he wanted to demonstrate to someone like myself who's actually going to take responsibility, I take responsibility for what I've done with my my money uh, and I'm taking responsibility for what I want to do with my health. Uh, if he was going to enforce COVID mandates, I, it was going to be hard for me to take him seriously on it. But when he was the first country in the world to basically go, no, nah, no more, just come over here and you can wander around and do as you please. I was like, mm. well, that sounds like my kind of guy. So I'm, here I come. Yeah. And from a practical point of view, visas, immigration, all that kind of stuff, what, what's that like? Uh, New Zealanders are some of the luckiest people in the world in terms of uh, our passport allows us to basically get a three-month visa in some most probably the most places in the entire world. So thankfully, coming here, we got 90 days without any issues. Like when we turned up, they were like, hey, welcome. Just realize that your 90 days starts from today. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't check to see if you had a ticket out. They didn't no. check to see if you had nothing income or anything. It was just, yeah. Yep, welcome. Yep, welcome. <laughs> wow. A good. friendly immigration. I, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, no, it was yeah. really easy. Good. Yeah. And then um, we had the, you know, sort of all, first plan was to to get um our residency or our first year residency visa um unfortunately due to our i suppose lack of get being organized and really understanding what they needed we had to um organize our criminal record from new zealand and that had to be apostled and so that took quite a long time you know ordering that and so all of a sudden we were coming up to our 90 days um, and there's a thing, it's great, there's a thing called um, the um, tuko, um, El, tunko. El Tunko illness. And so you can get the El Tunko illness and it's actually a, just a, 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 a way to get an extension visa for 90 days. And that's what they call it. But it's, it's just a way of going in and you just organize another 90 days and you just need to prove income, a ticket out in 90 days time. And um, your passport and you sort of go into immigration, you fill out a form and you just show, you know, show that you've got the ability to actually stay for another nine days and, and live. 
here and and showed that you had a place to live. Uh, We went in and mentioned that we were here for Bitcoin and majority of all that information they required, they wiped. So we didn't need to show income. We didn't need to show a ticket out. Uh, It was very easy. And And what we've heard about that is don't expect that. That's a case by case. Yeah. Uh, situation. So apparently the immigration officers actually have flexibility to address everybody on their own individual basis. And mm-hmm. we, we you, you will need to befriend a, an El Salvadorian to go through this pro, the 90 day extension process. If you need it, you don't necessarily need it if you're organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she went in and said, Oh no, these guys are here for Bitcoin. And the, <laughs> the yeah, just obviously- everything was like, it was yeah. just like, Oh, they're not a problem. What kind of government is this? This is unbelievable. Yeah. So, because oh. you guys recently received residency, though, right? I think I saw you. Yeah, we've, well, we've got yeah. a year residency. Yeah. Oh, a year is it? Okay. So, yeah, without, yeah. without doxing yourselves here or giving away too much personal information, because Bukele introduced a Bitcoin residency program or citizenship program, didn't he? It's in the process, yes. though. We wouldn't okay. say that you can yep. officially do it or take advantage of it, but. Uh, I would definitely say that the immigration officers are, uh, have been given the freedom to say mm. if you're here for Bitcoin or you can demonstrate that you're doing mm. Bitcoin things, that okay. it works in your favor. Yeah. So is your residency based on on that or is just a, a separate, a, a pre-existing? No, we've, actually, we've actually set up a company and we're based on a company. So we've got a company residency. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, so we set up a company here and from that... Um, we've been able to get the year. And so, what happens is you renew the year, uh, the year visa for yep. three years and then you can get your um, uh, uh, yeah, permanent, permanent residency. residency. Yep. And so, is it, if, if you are earning Bitcoin or if like, you know, you're trading Bitcoin or gains on Bitcoin, is that taxed in El Salvador? Well, we, mm-hmm. this is good timing because we, we had the uh, interview with our accountant, accountant for the yep. business last week and we asked him about that and he said, if you bring Bitcoin into the country, you don't have to pay the 13% GST or, or, and, or the income tax yeah. on it either, mm-hmm. which is 22 to 30% or something. 25 to 30%. 25 to 30%. Yeah. So what wow. we will do is we will use a service to be paid uh, our Bitcoin overseas. And, uh, sorry, we'll be used. Well, well what I'm going to use a service that pays into a bank account overseas and I will receive that income as Bitcoin into my wallet. And then I can use any Chivo ATM around the country to extract the cash and I don't need to pay tax on it. And this, in my mind, I'm not like, I'm not here to avoid tax. I mean, I'm going to spend all that money here in El Salvador. Mm. It's going to go yeah. direct to people. Mm. So yeah. this is not a tax dodge or anything like that. It's, uh, it's, inviting investment into the country mm. basically Bukele is saying come in with with what you can bring in bitcoin because mm. if i and here's the trick if i go and put that bitcoin into my company account i'm potentially going to have to pay tax on it but if i leave it in my bitcoin wallets and spend it as bitcoin in the community or take it out through a chivo wallet i'm not going to incur any of those taxes mm. so he's encouraging mm. me to bring it in as Bitcoin and spend yep. it as Bitcoin in the community. That's that's so, so forward thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask you uh, questions about payments. So, and the devil's in the details. And I think a lot of people would like to know, like, again, without doxing yourself. Um, 
So essentially you're being paid in fiat, converting that through a third-party service into Bitcoin and then that Bitcoin into your own wallet, which mm-hmm. have you got a, a Bitcoin debit card or are you converting that into cash on an ATM or what? What's, could you go oh, through the process maybe? All of the above. Like I, I, I play with all the services. So uh, it's, it, and it depends on everyone's personal situation, but basically uh, once I get it in here, uh, you, I'm using um, a number of the you know more common wallets, like the the blue wallets and the Bit Bitcoin Beach wallet. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have access to Chivo or Strike because they both require KYC from either the US or El Salvador. But we potentially can get the Chivo, the Chivo wallet wallets. if yeah. we engage our lawyer through a. Um, uh, when you sign over authority, mm-hmm. he will he will apply he will give us access to his DOE to be able to do it, which is a um, registration number that mm-hmm. residents have. So, so is that the Chivo wallet, James? Is that the the government yeah. one? The government yeah, one? so we can get that through for the business. So we can get a Chivo wallet for the business as long as we have a Salvadorian with a DOE that um, can be a um, um, I just think of the word um, custodian, yeah. like a the responsible person. I can't. I can't think of the word off the top of my head at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But so that, otherwise, that, sorry, sorry, that national. That's the national wallet. That that's a Bitcoin yes. wallet, and yeah. you can deposit and withdraw. Yes. Out of that. But we we aren't. But we. What happens? So I take uh, any one of my Lightning wallets. So there's a, there's a quite a variety out there now. But I commonly use the Bitcoin Beach one, which is uh, made obviously by the Bitcoin Beach team. It's got some cool features. I highly recommend it. Anyone around the world can actually download it as long as you've got a mobile phone and use an SMS to verify. What we do is put the Satoshis in there and then we go around to the businesses and say, do you accept Bitcoin? And even if they're using the Chivo wallet, which the majority of the businesses are because that's the easy government one for them to work with because they can then put their money back into their bank account, we can send a lightning payment Mm. direct to the Chivo wallet and do business with them. And so even though our... Bitcoin Beach Wallet is all in Satoshis. When we make the payment, that vendor can choose to receive my Satoshis instantly converted into US dollars. So it doesn't matter that my my wallet is Bitcoin or Satoshis only. They get to choose on their end. Yeah, I've seen like you going around the marketplace and using the Bitcoin Lightning off your phones. Oh, it's so cool just to watch. Um, if there's drastic price movements in, in Bitcoin, will, will that affect the point of sale? Like, do you see prices change? I'm going to say no. So a lot of people that we're dealing with, uh, they are converting it straight to US dollars. Okay. So it's it's our burden that the exchange rate moves and mm-hmm. we are uh, mitigating that currency exchange mm-hmm. by having US dollars in a separate wallet so what happens is when I go to a restaurant and I spend $30 to buy dinner, I will then buy $30 of Bitcoin to replace what I just spent on the Lightning Network. So for example, we bought Bitcoin specifically for this trip at the $40,000 mark. And of course, now it's worth half as much. So because we don't want to lose our purchasing power, we can still spend it now. We just rebuy it on the same day. In a in another wallet from stable coins into Bitcoin, and it's that's how we uh, basically mitigate the the currency conversion that's happening there. So at restaurants now that it's legal tender in El Salvador, do they act when you're given the receipt? Does it show in 
the US dollar denomination and Bitcoin or just the one denomination for your receipt or for your invoice? Sorry. Uh, just That's as, a good question. <laughs> like I uh, just as it just as it in um, US dollars. Okay. Yeah, normally US dollars. Mm. Uh, so the main reason I guess I'm not really clear on it is often when we do a Chivo transaction, we only see the Satoshi sort of transaction on our Bitcoin Beach wallet. So, yeah. but I think, so for example, we went to that, there was a steakhouse that we went to and they had strike advertised and I'm like, I'm definitely paying with strike. <laughs> and, uh, I asked one of the waiters and he's like, I got no idea what you're talking about. And so, but he, I went to the restroom when I came back, the other waiter's like, yep, we can do it. Yeah. And so we did it and I'm pretty sure they did the transaction and then they gave me a receipt from their standard system, which showed a dollar yeah. value. So everyone's doing it different. So for example, if we go to a smaller bar, which is just mm. uh, just a couple of people who are running a small business and they accept it, we're not going to receive any receipt. Yeah. The yeah. transaction is the transaction Catch on in. our yeah. wallets. Yeah. This, this, I mean, it blows my mind. Bitcoin is legal tender. I just, you know, it it completely blows my mind. What, what? Is, I mean, it is legal tender, but what is the feeling amongst the people, like in terms of education and understanding, and give us the sort of the lowdown. It's, There's layers. Where you want to start? Yeah, yeah there start. is. Yeah, there is layers. Uh, I mean, but, uh, okay. So first up, I suppose if we look at the previous house that we were renting and um, a reasonably um, well, do wealthy, um, our Salvadorian, uh, they said no, you know, they go, oh, we don't, we don't do, do Bitcoin. We were not going to accept rent and payments. By the second payment, he had converted and changed to, to do that. Uh, and so it was about talking to him and educating. And then you go into some stores. And they, you know, they go, yep, yep, we'll do. And I mean, no, I think that first, you know, we went and had the tacos, that first taco oh, on amazing. the side of the street. Yeah. And and we just sort of went and, well, we didn't go in because it's outside, but we just sort of said, oh, will you accept Bitcoin? And they said, yep, yep. You know, so they were really excited to to accept it and, and, and work it. So everybody is different and there is uh, some feeling of, no, we've been forced into this, but there's, it, it's an education Education is there. So, so, you know, there's a lot that needs help here with education. Not just the accepting, like, what is the understanding of Bitcoin? Like, what if you ask someone, what is Bitcoin? What's the response? uh, There's different levels and depending on who you get. So some people it's politically charged. And, of course, they're just going to be very strong against it. Some people are genuinely interested. And so we had some young guys and they're just like, how do we trade it? How do we trade it? How do we trade it? There's no other interest other than wanting to trade. And, uh, but yeah, we, we get some people, I remember going into one bar and one, it was actually a foreign person that was working behind the bar and he's like, we don't accept, um, fake money here. And I had a bit of a giggle to myself about that. Wow. Uh, they don't accept course- US dollars. That's, an, yeah, that's unbelievable. That, that was the irony. Mm. But you get a real mixed sort of um, question. So, for example, we've got a private driver that we met yesterday through another um, family that are visiting, and he's El Salvadorian. He El Salvadorian. He's lived in uh, Canada. Great English. We had a conversation, and I said, "Oh, well, we would love to recommend you more. Will you accept Bitcoin because it makes it easier for us to recommend you? Because of course, the Bitcoiners want to pay with Bitcoin when they're here." And he said, uh, "I'm open to it. I don't know how." So. He just he he just wants to get paid. He just wants work, 
And if uh, if he understand if we can give him a positive experience on download the Chivo wallet, get you free thirty dollars, and this is how easy a transaction is, there's a good chance he will adopt it. And, and, and sorry, yeah. oh sorry, sorry, no, you go. I was going to say the other thing is um, down at Bitcoin Beach at Hope House, they're doing some amazing work in in educating mm-hmm. about Bitcoin and teaching about the savings of Bitcoin and and mm-hmm. and that whole thing about you know you just don't, you don't spend the money you know the longer you know just hold it and it's just going to create wealth for you and they're going to start from the age of seven in the public schools they can actually start school educating on Bitcoin in the public wow. schools from age wow. seven. So how are they going to do that? Hmm? How are they going to do that? We we, we only know some basics, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, this isn't the first time that Bukele's government has done something like this. So for example, if you've been listening to the, the Bitcoin uh, beach guys, they recently said that they started a um, life life saving program Mm -hmm. where they were teaching and training life lifeguards and then the Bukele government came along and said, this is awesome. We're going to adopt it nationally. And they rolled out that program nationally. So uh, my uh, layman sort of guess or understanding of what he's most likely going to do is he will have people possibly from the Bitcoin Beach team who, and I guess economists who are happy to look at this as a viable option to teach. He's going to put together an education program and then roll it out nationally in a similar way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we actually interviewed Herman of uh, uh, Bitcoin Exashi. He's running a Bitcoin Beach yeah. program in um, South Africa in Muscle Bay, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what they're doing: um, teaching kids how to surf after school, and and yeah. they pay their instructors in in Bitcoin. And um, yeah. yeah, man. Um, sorry. Yeah, we're just blown away because um, yeah, you talk about Bitcoin in New Zealand. The only time you hear about it is when something bad happens. No one's up to date yeah. with what's going on, and just just being able to do you know Lightning Network. At your local vendors is is fantastic. Um, can I just? I really want to mention this. That what's amazing about it is. So here, I don't feel encumbered to use it. In New Zealand, I feel encumbered to use Lightning. But when you when you can just go up and do Lightning transactions, it's actually really fun. It's a mm. lot of fun being able to see these transactions happen live, and I get a kick out of it. It's uh, it's exciting. And if there's anyone in New Zealand who is umming and ahhing or wondering about it, it's worth doing and just learning the basics because mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. And uh, the experience is actually really good. You might think it's not worth doing, but the experience, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well, we had a case, and um, you'll appreciate this, Nikki, coming from a banking background where we had a client who um, purchased Bitcoin from their credit card. They got a call from their bank saying, do you know what you're doing? And this person obviously knew what they were doing. They knew how to do that. And they had this whole conversation with their bank. Bank goes, okay, it's fine. And they, they they let the purchase happen. Then this person went to apply for a home loan. They already had multiple home loans with this bank. The bank rang them and said, because you are in, some of your income is derived from cryptocurrency, you're not allowed a new loan and we're canceling that credit card. Yeah. Wow. What the hell? Like, it's okay for me to buy it, but as soon as... I'm earning from it. That's a problem. And, and the bank's response was, yeah, we don't want to be exposed. It's like, how is a bank exposed when I'm the one buying it? And so this person just cracked it and said, moving away from legacy banking and want to move into a full-time Bitcoin. 
And this is the problem in New Zealand is the converting your Bitcoin into NZ dollars is a nightmare. Um, like Australia's got a living room of Satoshi, which is really cool. But here it's, yeah, it just raises so many red flags, whatever. So they just, you know, you have to just go to get a wired car or something and go to an ATM um, and just convert it that way. Um, but yeah, so no, where you I think you're going to have quite a few Kiwis and Aussies moving to where you guys are, which leads to two really important questions. What's the coffee like there? And Gord's, you want to know what the wine's like. And the weather as well. <laughs> okay, the coffee, the coffee. We have done one coffee tour trying, we've been searching for a really good coffee. We still need to find a good coffee. The problem is In Central America. I know El Salvador know. makes yeah. amazing coffee and they're world known for their coffee. Majority of their coffee or the good coffee gets exported. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because of, I suppose, the, uh, the population, the culture, the people here, the, they didn't leave any nice coffee here so they but they now have to leave 10 percent of their good coffee here uh-huh. um because people have decided you've started getting the taste buds and going yeah we like good coffee we're still trying to find it <laughs> yeah. we, we actually bought a proper like stove top like we spent all this money buying a nice stove top coffee oh. we bought well we bought it out, we bought it over from new zealand yeah, we bought it was one of our things it was like a little morning ritual with the stove yeah. top coffee and then trying to find a good grind that doesn't end up going through the filters and everything has been a bit of a mission. So yeah. we've reverted to a, a, a French press at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Were you guys Are roasting in Northeast Asia? Didn't I thought I caught an episode where you guys were were you roasting your own or farming your own coffee at one stage? Oh, we, we went. We went. Yeah, we went out to a coffee plantation. We went and did a tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, that was James deciding he was going to. Yeah. Nikki bought me a coffee tour for my birthday, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we went out there, and yes, they had one um, coffee, but they they didn't have it available for us. It was an export one. Yeah. And uh, so you know, so you can only get the not such good coffee. From that one so we do need to go yeah um, more hunting uh, you know, the thing is is we've gone to a couple of little cafes who do amazing coffee yeah. it's mm. just really hard to replicate yeah yeah we're learning we'll mm. get there mm. we'll nail it and when yeah. we do we'll share yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it can't um, be underestimated how important a good coffee is in the morning uh, oh, not no, at all no. <laughs> it prevents um, mass murder <laughs> so and what was I, the other I, question Oh, red wine. So, red, oh, red wine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chilean red wine. Um, El Salvadorian wine. We haven't actually tried any El Salvadorian wine yet. And mm. it's, I tell you what, it's been because it's, it's so warm here. Drinking wine hasn't mm. been such a big thing compared to what we would normally do in New Zealand. Yeah. And it's easily, it's at like five o'clock, um, beer o'clock time more than anything because of the heat. Yeah. 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 Which has been Absolutely. interesting. So, and what's the winter like there? Well, I don't even know if there's a thing called winter. We have we have dry season and we have rainy season. Yeah. So we're in rainy season now. Um, June. Oh yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's coming in. It is coming in. We have a beautiful day. We've had actually a beautiful day. It can't, um, so what happens is June apparently is one of the wettest months. So we are in one of the wettest months. July we have a lot of thunderstorms and lightning. And then August, September, we actually start um, getting sort of the cyclones, apparently. So, but mm. most of the cyclones are really coming in from the Caribbean. And so by the time they get over the hills, we we don't actually get so much of them here. How far from the beach are you? Oh, we can hear it. Yeah, we can hear oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Gordon, you're going to have a guest very soon. Gordon's moving over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
some yeah. amazing places in here. Yeah. 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 So if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. So what's been like the best surprise and what has been a disappointment as far as a move and living there? Um, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, we, well, there's, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, the best surprise is probably uh, once you get over the initial shock of the fear that it's, for example, you go to Bitcoin beach and you walk down, you walk down the road and it's literally potholes. It's mud. There's uh, animals all over the place. Yeah, it's as barb- in cows and cows and dogs. And there's, you know, you got to yeah. look, watch where you step in case you're standing in poop or rotten fruit or something, barbed wire, like high walls, gates, razor wire, like you a feel like, lifestyle property. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> you feel like you're in a third world country. But what's really interesting about it is that, like, Bitcoin Beach is it's obviously famous because it's Bitcoin Beach, but there's actually money hidden behind all the high walls, and that's actually quite interesting because it you you feel you almost have this feeling of am I in a safe area? But once you learn that you are in a safe area and this is just the way that El Salvador has uh, defended itself against the gangs to, you know, people have built these high walls and it's a discussion we've actually had twice this week, which is due to the gang extortion that was happening. It appears to have eroded the culture of El Salvador because any business or any home that showed any sign of wealth was of course going to become a target of the gangs. So the trick to staying low has basically been to make your business look poor, make your home look poor, and then the gangs will leave, are more likely to leave you alone. So it's an unfortunate downward cycle that the gang problem has created. And hopefully what Bukele has done by cracking down is going to encourage people like us to come here and go, oh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it looks like this because of the negative spiral and, you know, come here and spend money and hopefully allow people to go in the opposite way because in New Zealand if a business takes pride in itself it will attract more people more people want to eat there and spend mm-hmm. money there is where here it's been driven out yeah have there been instances where you felt unsafe or threatened no oh, initially because yes. we were ignorant yeah yeah and we were you know we've been seriously sort of you know that fear had been sort of embedded in us before we left yeah. and so for those first couple of weeks when we're up in san salvador we were quite scared well like, yeah. yeah walking along the streets and yeah because nobody walks here everyone everyone drives and and so you find there's a huge amount of traffic and when you're walking it's you know over potholes it's rubbish is all on the streets mm. it's you know you've got these high walls with these razor wire you know all wrapped around it or or broken glass on all the tops yeah. of the walls yeah. and it's quite quite stir- you know it's quite disturbing intimidating yeah so when you when you get over that and go well this is just what it is mm. the people i think one of the great surprise you know the people are beautiful yeah, mm. they're really, really lovely, and they want to help you. So, you know, they're just here yeah. to yeah to to just be here and not do anything for you. It's really cool. That, yeah, and just elaborating on that first week, so the walk to the supermarket was a hundred, two hundred meters, yeah. maybe two hundred fifty mm. meters up up the road, and we we were literally like making sure that people weren't following us and like. <laughs> 
weird things and you get to the supermarket and there's like three guys standing around with shotguns who are there to protect the people in case you know anything happens mm. and by the end of it after one week i'm basically high-fiving and saluting these dudes with shotguns and they're waving at us <laughs> yeah. as we're coming in and they, they you know they were they were mm. happy to see us and they wanted to talk to us and practice their mm. english uh and once we realized that these people you know this is just their normal life yeah. they're not doing it because it's necessarily like the gangs are gonna the, in the past i imagine that was a real fear and we've yeah. talk to people who like yeah no it was really scary you these things could happen but yeah yeah with yeah and we've we do also want to be careful that we don't get too comfortable so mm-hmm. but we're not yeah yeah no, I, gun, I grew up in, guns everywhere yeah, yeah. guns I, that, you know normal. yeah normal no, I, I grew up in morocco and you're you're describing my daily routes i remember yeah we we'd mm-hmm. see guards with um ak-47s uh policemen mm-hmm. with ak-47s at every intersection and it was a norm you never felt unsafe mm-hmm. it was just the norm yeah yeah and so adjusting to that would be the biggest sort of fear and surprise that it's normal yeah Yeah. and what do you miss from new zealand there's the family and friends but there's also that ease of buying stuff because there's a lot of things here and that that you know what you can buy in new zealand you can't get in ourselves um just your basic sort of herbs or um vitamins yeah, yeah just type, that sort of thing is quite quite frustrating mm-hmm. but that would be yeah yeah the convenience mm. um is definitely a thing mm. Mm. Uh, that yeah that would be one thing uh it is a culture shock in yeah. terms of um like for new zealand the 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 visual gap between the rich and the poor doesn't look too bad, but mm. here the, the visual gap between the, the rich and the poor is it's obvious. It's very clear and it's very apparent. So that culture shock uh, here is quite strong. So um, well, I've sort of deviated from the original question of what the, um, what I miss, but um, the convenience. Yeah. That, that's a big mm. one uh i guess where i was going to go with that was it's kind of like a paradise prepper's paradise here in a way so i guess if you're in new zealand and it's kind of fun in a way if you've got if you like those sort of things coming here um you know that sort of mentality works well because you need to be a bit more organized in Mm. regards to the convenience isn't here so you need to be prepared so it's interesting and i I don't know about forest but uh i've lived more overseas than I have actually at home. And after a while, you just start to, yeah, there are things you miss, obviously, friends and family, but those food and those conveniences, they just go away after a while. You're kind of like, yeah, you know, I kind of miss it, but I can deal without it. And it's, you know, doesn't. Absolutely. I know know we all say we miss friends and family, but do we really? (laughs) Yes, we do for us. Yes, we do. Um, So if there's someone listening to this, they're in the car on the way to work and they're in the gym and they're like, I hate my job. Or maybe maybe, that's a bit too strong. Um, I need a change. I want to, I want a lifestyle change. What do you suggest to them? Maybe they're into Bitcoin, maybe they're not, but they're kind of bored and they want to see change. Like what, what advice do you have for them? In regard to accountants in an office. Yeah. (laughs) If they want to make a change and, you know, if El Salvador's on their, on their list or, um, it's, it's taking the jump to do it. 
I mean, we're, we're so caught up in our lives uh, in the Western world that we have to be making this money. We have to be doing this. We've, you know, we, we've got to keep up with the Joneses and we are too scared to actually go, you know, we're just on this treadmill and we might not necessarily be really that happy doing what we're doing. And to, to make the jump, it's like, as soon as you make that jump, it's, it's quite, quite amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a choice to leave a uh, consumeristic based economy, yeah. which yeah. Yeah. cannot sustain itself. Yeah, no, yeah. And yeah. I I'm going to say like it's a perspective check. Like it it is a different. This is different. Mm. It's very different, and you're going to mm. go through challenges. But that's how growth happens. And my perspective on being here is I'm on the frontier. Like that's yeah. what <laughs> this is. This is this is the yep. frontier of. A, a potential new um my my opinion is that Bukele would like El Salvador and Bitcoin City to be the Singapore of the world or the Dubai or the Silicon Valley. And this is the frontier. It's happening. There is some there's big money coming in. Like when you start listening to what people are saying and doing. So getting in early and being on the frontier now, it's still early. Like I know we say that with Bitcoin all the time, but it, it's still early here in El Salvador. And if you want to be part of a movement where there's potential for something amazing to happen, um, do it. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, the, the world's changed and uh, you can put up with it or you can make a change and give it a go. I mean, it's life. Uh, and it's, it is start, that um, snowball effect is starting to happen because we saw a Central African Republic is making Bitcoin legal tender. Um, yeah. Last two weeks ago, we just launched a podcast where we interviewed Lord Fuzitua of Tonga, where he's mm-hmm. trying to basically bring, make Tonga mine Bitcoin and make Tonga legal tender and uh, Bitcoin legal tender in Tonga. So it is starting to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I do have one more question for you. So I love the beaches in the Able Tasman. Nelson's got some amazing beaches. How do ones in El Salvador compare? They, they, well, I'm a, I, I like to wing foil. So I brought all my gear with me. We're, we're on the Pacific coast. So we are on surf beaches. Um, it's black sand. Uh, some of the beaches are just stones. Uh, some of the beaches are black sand. We haven't gone down, um, down the east side. So what I'd call nearly south, but it's not really, but it's all west side down. Southeast. Yeah, down down the down the bottom. And and there are some white sandy beaches down there. And then you've got La Union, which is more of a a, a sort of a cove that's got islands in it. And mm-hmm. really looking forward to getting down there. It's more flat water. Yeah. So, that's the thing. so it is quite yeah. different. The black sand, that's because of the volcanoes, is that right? Yeah. And the water's warm though. Water's I mean twenty nine degrees. Water's oh. great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just so the water's warm, but uh, the surf beaches are, it's, it's hard to have a relaxing swim because yeah. the surf beaches, obviously the waves are pounding in and there's mm-hmm. potential rips. Uh, but there are areas you can go to escape that. And mm-hmm. uh, if you wanted to, you could live in those areas mm-hmm. if you wanted. Or uh, one other option is, I mean, you're so close to the Caribbean, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> pop over the volcano and yeah. On your yacht. have a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And um, did you have to get used to um, poisonous binding critters? Because you don't have any of those here. Oh, I know. We, we, we've found our few. <laughs> yeah. I'm documenting my bugs. So I, I have been stung by a scorpion twice, I think, or once or twice. I can't remember. Yeah. And we've had probably half a dozen scorpions in amongst our clothes yeah. and house. So Yeah. And then we've got, we've had two snakes. 
one we weren't sure what was uh what it was the second one was um not not uh venomous one but you know it it actually ended up dying so there was obviously something wrong with it but so it died after a bit jams is that what you're saying (laughs) no 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 We think something attacked it. Yeah, we're not sure yeah. what what it did, but we were sort of watching it, and just the fact that it was, you know, out in the open during the day mm. was a little bit yeah. strange. So we just kept our eye on it. Um, I bet well, James actually skinned it, so we've we've got the skin. Oh, oh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're gonna make some snake jerky, or, or, or <laughs> you know. it's uh, well, it's actually for Nikki, yeah. so she can use it for jewelry. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. So how easy is it to travel to like South America from where you guys are? Is there still mandates and that kind of rubbish or? Uh, so we, we don't know through our own personal experience, mm-hmm. but listening to others, because we, we got a car a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So we're planning these things, uh, but it's probably still another six, eight weeks away mm-hmm. before you do one. But apparently it's the land borders are fine. You do need to pay uh, taxes passing between borders. So mm. that, that's the only thing. And mandates, we're not sure, actually. We haven't. No, we haven't really investigated. No. no. So you haven't so left there are to Mexico and Guatemala. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Have you guys left El Salvador since being there? No. no. We've been so focused on getting, because, we're, because we've made it, this is a one-way trip, mm. you know, and we're going to create a life here. So we're yeah. very much just trying to get all our ducks in a row so we're trying to get our visas and we're you know getting our bank accounts and getting a car and and that all takes time so and setting up and finding the the right accommodation for us so now that we're we're nearly all there we're sort of like at that point now where we're just going right we can start you know start going exploring yeah. and and start seeing some other places and just a lot more of ourselves at all this as you know the photos and and some of the places we mm. can we see and people talk about we just like can't wait to go and yeah. explore those yeah yeah oh, oh sorry you're not you're, you're yeah. oh sorry guys some of those waterfall slides i've seen those that were really cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they're on yeah. our to-do list yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I have many practical questions, but I'll limit it to just one. Um, and you mentioned wallets and, um, you know, lightning and Bitcoin wallets, but in terms of debit cards, so, uh, maybe there are people living who aren't in El Salvador and they want to use Bitcoin or whatever. Do you have experiences, recommendations for crypto or Bitcoin cards? Uh, most places accept, uh, a credit card or a debit card. So if you've got one that's accepted at most terminals, you'll be fine. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm using a couple of common ones and it's fine. I, I guess my biggest challenge is the mentality around the taxation of these things. Cause of course it's seen as a taxable event. So I'm still like, I've got PST from that, which I'm recovering from. Uh, but I guess with the lightning, I, I've viewed it a little bit differently. Uh, if you structure yourself right. You can yeah manage it better. So it's amazing to hear you guys not not just from a digital nomad, uh, even though I don't kind of like that word, but that style to to Bitcoin Lightning to everything. And a lot, a lot on this show we talk about fundamentals, fundamental Bitcoin, you know, store of value. But you guys are sort of on the other extreme of using it sort of as a method of payment, and it's actually legal tenor. Again, it blows my mind. I just I just yeah. I can't comprehend actually a, an yeah. entire country accepting it as as legal tenor. I actually didn't think this would happen for a long time. So mm. amazing. 
and that that's part of why we're here. Like, like I said, mm. this is the frontier. Like, mm. it, it Bitcoin, a lot of Bitcoiners who would have said a, a country mm. would adopt it. Yeah. And like Bukele mm. gave, I mean, my personal opinion is Bukele basically gave the IMF the middle finger. Yeah. And when he oh, did that, he I'm just like, outright did it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> he, he tweeted that to them. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how? When, yeah. when he did that, I knew I'd made the right decision. Like this guy mm. is committed to what's yeah. happening here and I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I want to give this yeah. experiment a good go. And some of the people we've met, it's like it's boots on the ground and the mm. more people, and he said that he wants more people like us to turn up mm. and do yeah. this because it's the mm. people, it's not the big investments investors that will make Bitcoin work. It's the plebs like yeah. us that turn yeah. up, Absolutely. talk to the vendors yeah. and say, we'll do business with you if you do Bitcoin. And mm-hmm. and people are seeing it and they're adopting Bitcoin because they want the business with the foreigners that are coming in. Yeah. And uh, and definitely the foreigners coming in is sort of something uh, recent. We're actually in the article here um, this, oh, week. this week. We just, we're just show, showing this weekend at the Mercados. But it was really interesting because it's they're talking about how, you know, they that a year ago this, you know, they mentioned this was going to happen, that they were going to get some foreign people start wanting to live in El Salvador. Mm. Whereas, you know, two years ago nobody would have lived in El Salvador. Or three years ago nobody would have lived in El Salvador. So they're sort of saying what he Bukele's doing is mm. is bringing people in and it's really cool to to be here. And and we have we have a reach of all around the world we have people contacting us, wanting to talk oh. to us. What's it like? You know, some people will come for two weeks and they'll go, no, it's not for us. Others will go, yeah, this is us. Right. We've found our we've found our place. You know, and it's which is great. And so, yeah, yeah, we just had mm. one family like came down for a week, visited. Two weeks later, they yep. moved. Wow! Wow! Really? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I, I like that word frontier, James, because I think it's really appropriate. Because I mean, as far as said, we just interviewed Lord Fusatua in Tonga, and all these other countries and all these other communities—they're looking. They're looking at El Salvador, mm. and they're looking at these countries. Mm. And I can see, you know, in ten years' time half if not all of Central America or maybe even South mm-hmm. America. And so these these uh, countries who have GDPs, you know, they're the 110th or 120th, you know, GDP in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, after mm-hmm. doing these these implementation, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? And uh, mm-hmm. interesting times ahead. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's looking at it. Yeah. yeah. But the numbers that are like, just Bukele's busy retweeting numbers that are coming out. They had half a million, over half a million tourists come through in the first quarter of this year. And then last year they had something like five point four billion dollars invest for, of foreign investment come into uh, El Salvador. Yeah. El Salvador's tourism is uh, last I looked at it about two months ago, almost at pre-COVID levels, whereas everyone else in the world is seventy percent mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. The numbers are coming in. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. How much of that do you think is Bitcoin? How much do you think is simply freedom of movement that has been taken away from us in other parts of the world? Quite often you will find that the freedom of movement aligns with the Bitcoin. Mm. Yeah. True, actually. Yeah. And stake. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, we're, we're also talking to people who are Bitcoiners. They want freedom of movement, mm. but the cost of living is a big thing for them. So they're, they're here, they've spent time here, but they've decided that they're going to move to another location to mm. basically the digital nomads. They can go wherever they like mm. and they move regularly anyway, but mm. they came here, they spent time here and now they're moving on. Um, it's, yeah, 
but the but obviously for them the freedom of movement is part of that being able to come here and spend six months see what it's like and then go to the next country and spend six months and do what they do uh that freedom of movement is a big part of it and that wow. i suppose is one thing that is a little bit of a shame you know some people are going oh we've got all these foreigners come in let's let's just hike up all the prices yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know and you're, you're, we are coming to a third world country and we are you know we don't have the same amenities as you would or infrastructure as you would in in uh, you know the country or in New Zealand where we came from and you're sort of going well yeah it's not really worth that much money and I think that can be a bit off-putting yeah even if they tripled the prices it's still what a tenth of New Zealand anyway you know no rents rents I mean we were in a property that um where we were paying more rent there than we're getting in New Zealand serious yeah really Okay, yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone's looking at coming and thinking that they're going to get a really cheap experience versus New Zealand, yeah. do your research. Mm. Just feel free to basically mm. ask some questions. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a better situation now, but we needed to be on the ground. Mm-hmm. We needed to be able to turn up and we needed to be able to, you know, basically have the freedom to say we can take a longer contract to be able to get the better deal. Mm. So turning up and thinking that you're going to, you know, basically have a holiday on Mm. a lot less money, that's not the reality. And we, we, seriously, that's the way we came in thinking. We thought, oh, we're going, it's going to be so cheap. We're, you know, we're going to be laughing. But no. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And are you guys happy if people send you questions? Like if we, if you guys plug yourselves, Mm. are you happy for people to, Ask us stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're fielding. We field a lot. They just, there's a huge amount of information on what we're doing on our YouTube and on okay. our Twitter and our Instagram. So basically, we've gone with NJ El Salvador. So Nikki James El Salvador. So that NJ El Salvador, you can go to dot com. Uh, that we've got the handle on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Our Twitter is awesome at the moment. Uh, I do a daily life in El Salvador and a daily Bitcoin in El Salvador. And some t- I've just had a tweet that got picked up. Well, without actually, we did we, we did, did the yeah. tweet because normally it's just me, but Nikki and I did it together because it was our visas, mm. and that mm. has had some amazing traction. And a lot of Salvadorians have been like, "Look at these two crazy New Zealanders who have just got a visa <laughs> in New Zealand. This is this is, this is crazy. <laughs> like, what's oh. happening because of uh, what they're mm. doing? Yeah, uh, oh, wow. so, El Salvadorians have been proud." of mm. uh, the changes that their country has made to bring a couple of crazy Kiwis like us yeah. uh, to their country who want to spend the time and money to get a visa. Like for them, that's mm. just insane. But mm. um, we're here for yeah. Bitcoin and uh, yeah. the great people now. And we're also nearly finished an ebook. you know, on just oh, wow. you know, the cool. first months and, and the do's and don'ts yes. and oh, how cool. to get it, which is we're really cool. Condense so, the information. There's so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Crazy. So yeah, so that's all yeah. nearly finished. So just the last of the proofing needs to be yeah. done. And it's gonna yeah, be available very soon too. So yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are just amazing ambassadors for um for El Salvador, I have to say. It's it's really fantastic what you guys are doing. And um yeah, we're yeah, very inspired and and yeah, and jealous actually. So uh we we'd it's, love it's fun. It is so much um, fun. You're I can tell you stop smiling. And you're going in these places like these these halls were sort of like warehouses and you're going into these warehouses and they're narrow, seriously narrow little places. And it's dirt, the dirty floors and, you know, dogs have pooed here and you know, you're just like, going, and you've got people on either side of you selling wares. And mm. we, 
I mean, we were lucky we went with a um, El Salvador in the first time we went through. Otherwise, we would never have gone in there. No. And we went in, and now it's everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people know us. We are there every mm. single week. We're buying our cheeses. We're buying our vegetables. We're buying our um, our nuts and seeds and, yeah. yeah all our fresh produce is bought yeah. from the locals. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, and they and they just you know they're just always saying hello and Lovely. they yeah. love Nikki. They laughing at our we're well, laughing yeah. at my well, they're, they're, they're always <laughs> waving Nikki and coming by from us. It's quite funny. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So what's is there a language barrier there? Or? Yeah, a little. We yeah, um, Spanish is obviously the language here, and and there's different types of Spanish. So you go to the Mercados, and mm. it's and it's it's more of a raw. Oh, it's Nature very Spanish. local. Some so, some people are very the Salvadorian Spanish is thick, mm, yeah. so it's very hard to understand the little that we well I, that we know, mm. and and but you you get to know you know you get to ask the questions and you sort of you know want to question you know how much is that and yeah so it's it's fine and and they start talking slowly to you and yeah which is quite good. and having you know smiling having a laugh. Mm. Um, mm. It, you yeah. that that communication goes a long way, yeah. especially yeah. with genuine people. Yeah. It's yeah. and they're so um, friendly. You know, they yeah. they love yeah. sort of chatting to you and smiling and talking yeah. to you. So yeah, it's... No, when, when people hear my accent, they automatically start speaking slowly as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, it's cool. oh, that's no, awesome, it's guys. Uh, I, I love your story. Not just the Bitcoin part of it, but just you know, <laughs> packing up shop, heading to a place that. Ironically, a, a developing country has more freedom than uh, your home country, including mine as well. I'm across the Tasman. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely understand that. So uh, I think I'll be coming to El Salvador very soon, maybe via Tonga. But, um, yeah, yeah uh, absolutely yeah. fascinating. And, and are you guys involved in any sort of local community projects in terms oh, of Bitcoin gosh. or non-Bitcoin? Uh, I I feel guilty saying no, I'm not, but it's because we've been so focused on mm. establishing ourselves, yeah. and uh, I've you know because it's been more expensive than I expected. Committing to work and making sure that we're set mm. up has been a priority. Yeah, yeah, but the, the Bitcoin uh, meetups here, just about every night, you can go to something <laughs> somewhere. So either yeah. along the beach here or up in San Salvador, mm. there are wow. things. There are mm. charities. There's yeah. shops. There's so much mm. happening. It's mm. um, if you want to be involved in Bitcoin projects, there's mm. no shortage of things to get involved in. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And and that there's that. And then there's in our home Western countries, there's nothing. There's people trading Bitcoin, but it's not. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's nothing. Yeah. So. Here it's here it's like um, who did I speak to? I can't remember what the topic was now, but. That they asked us, uh, there was like, oh, people are trying to connect Bitcoin to a lot of major services like language schools or surfing schools or tourism. And that, mm. that uh, there's a lot of charities that are trying to come up as well. And oh, there was an, one for specifically for educating people to use Bitcoin to be able to educate people to use Bitcoin. So they're trying to create a perpetual education system. And we want to be involved in these things. We would love to do some mm. of our own things as well. It hasn't. We just haven't had the free time to no, yeah, yeah. as much as, yep. and I feel guilty about that, especially being a Bitcoin and being on. No, the you, you got to get yourself set up and yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And I think being there and even spending the money and even educating just like landlords and, you know, yeah. drivers yeah. and certain shops, um, yeah, is, is a start as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, the proof is in the pudding. You're, it's, you're, it's being yeah. here and spending the money yeah. uh, is making a big, a big um, difference as well. Yeah. 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 Wow. Incredible. Guys. Absolutely. That's fascinating. We would l- now, can you give everyone else your handles as well, where they can find you and follow you? Just do that again, please, James or Nikki. Oh, uh, basically NJ El Salvador. So Nikki James El Salvador, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, NJ El Salvador.com. Yeah. Uh, you can find us there. And we'd love, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, don't know if I can say it, but I'm going to. We'd love some more followers on uh, YouTube. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So would we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we each gained one. <laughs> our subscribers need to subscribe to you. Yeah. Oh, what's actually really interesting about that is a majority of our subscribers are actually El Salvadorians living overseas. And oh, they really? they love to comment because they love to see foreigners who have gone to their country because they left their country mm. because it was oh. unsafe. And wow. it's been crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And they, and the amount of times they miss, you know, certain things like the rain and the smell of the earth the next morning, or the yeah, just the things we're doing and yeah. and the foods, the fruits are incredible. Yeah. You know, being you know sort of in the tropics and yeah. All right, stop. You, you got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's been stuck in Australia and he's over potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Well, for everything else as well. Um, we appreciate your time and everyone listening to this, look at the show notes. We'll have all the links to you guys subscribe to your, uh, YouTube. Have you guys got a podcast as well? No, no. Uh, no. Uh, not yet. Closest thing. Yeah. We do a live once a month. Uh, yes. so if anyone's got questions and they want to ask us on our YouTube live, uh, we, yeah. we're pretty candid. We open, uh, answer everything we get on mm. there. Well, I'll Fantastic. join that and ask a few questions because I'm coming over. <laughs> yeah, more than welcome. More than welcome. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, thanks, thanks. thanks for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I believe this was your first podcast. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. We're, we're oh, really, yeah. we're very honored that a New Zealand podcast picked us up and said, hey, you guys want to yes. chat? And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty uh, appropriate. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have to correct you. It's a half New Zealand podcast. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got it close. No, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate it. And we'll follow your story. I, I just subscribed to your Twitter and your um, YouTube as well. So I'll definitely be following that and see how you guys are going. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks no, again. Thank no, you, thank guys. You so much. Yeah, thank you. It was great. I'll do it again. Awesome. Yeah, yeah love to. Thanks, guys. Okay, cheers. Thank see you. ya. Bye. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies But these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.